You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode eight for season three. We're recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled The Wincathu Job. If you are checking us out for the first time, my name is Matt the Crankster Crinky, and let me welcome in the host and the creator of Rebels Podcast and the Thunderquack Podcast Network. That's my friend, Michael Cohen. What's up, Mike? Hey, I got my tickets. You got your tickets? Hey, I got my tickets. Nice. Woo! Nice. Hey. I got so many tickets. I got my tickets. I got your tickets. I got everybody's tickets. <laughs> I, I bought eight tickets, um, yeah. and then uh, which is what I bought last year for The Force Awakens for, for opening night. Um, and then my buddy, Jeff, who, who comes with me normally, he also bought six tickets. So oh. I was like, oh, well, I got your four and my four. And he was like, yeah, but I needed two more. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so we have however many tickets between the two of us. Nice. Uh, what's that? That's 14 tickets between the two of us. All I was right. like, hey, your six people are covered. Uh, my four people are covered. And then I have four extra. So, uh, so yeah, don't worry. They've all gone to, to good homes at this point. <laughs> but we're all set. Yeah. 7.30 uh, on the December 15th, which is... Um, as of the point of listening to this, like, cause, cause this will be out on, on the 30th, that'll be like two weeks and one day yes. away. Oh, like, yeah. like yeah. It, can you believe that we're that close to a new star Wars movie? No, it's, it's crazy that I was just thinking that just today, Mike, I was thinking, oh man, it, I mean, it December feels 15th, weird, right? it's, it's like two weeks away. It's like, yeah. it doesn't even feel like it's. Yeah. And you wow. know, I think I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that Lucasfilm, decided to make it that way mm-hmm. um they everything that everything has been on schedule based on where we were with um the force awakens at this time the difference is that we're about two weeks later mm-hmm. than we were with the force awakens so everything's following the same rollout schedule it just started two weeks later than it did with uh with with the force awakens which is very weird um 
I but but it's been good. I mean, like if if anything, it's it's taken what was a really long wait for the Force Awakens, yeah. and it has made the wait for Rogue One uh, considerably less. But uh, I don't know. Are you with me in in the sense that like I can't wait for Star Wars to not be a big deal again? Like I'm getting kind of sick of it. Of, of <laughs> I know you're going. I'm not sick of Star Wars. No, but I'm no, sick of all these people. I uh, and like so, uh, you know I I love my friends uh, and and I'm here for them and and I, you know like if I'm the first person you think of when when you're thinking like when do Rogue One tickets come out, then um, I'm doing something right and I like you the most right like that's mm-hmm. those are people I want to keep around because they uh, they they know me they know me well, yeah. um, but. I I got really sick of answering the question for the last two weeks, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, and I uh, I I'm kind of tired of all of these normal people who I most of the time could care less about Star Wars, all of a sudden caring so that it's difficult for me to get the tickets that I want to get. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you. I knew I thought that's where you were going. So you know, like that that's what it comes down to. I. <laughs> I would really like for Star Wars to get to the level that the the Marvel movies are at. Um, I'm hardcore about the Marvel movies, and I will say this. I'm just as hardcore about the Marvel movies as I am about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there it's slightly different because my anxiety levels aren't the same. Because with the Marvel movies, I know if I, if I catch wind of the tickets going on sale within a day or two of them being on sale... Um, I can get good seats. I, I can usually get seats within like a row or two of where I want to be. Um, I did not get the best seats this year. I got, I'm about the fourth row from the way our IMAX seating works is like there's, there's the front section and then the back section. Mm-hmm. And you want to be at the front of the back section, if that makes sense. Right. So there's like an aisle that divides them, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the perfect spots are dead center at the front of the back section or one row behind that. Mm-hmm. I am four rows behind that yeah. for this showing. So that's not ideal. That's not where I want to be for a Star Wars movie. It's an IMAX movie. So as long as you're not in the front section, you, you know, every seat in the house is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a regular theater where you get those really crappy ones where you're off to the side. Yeah. Oh, um, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. it's not like it's not it's not like I got to watch rogue one from that spot it's imax so every scene in the house is good yeah. but um but yeah they're not ideal seats with captain america civil war i caught wind of that um the day that this tickets went on sale like in the afternoon because i'd been sort of keeping an eye on it and managed to get like perfect seats right mm-hmm. uh and then with dr strange we found out a couple days later and we still managed to get perfect seats yeah. so um like with with marvel movies it's all it's usually a little bit more relaxed um, I'd really love it if Star Wars could get that way. I would love it if everybody listening to the sound of my voice at this moment cared. <laughs> and then everybody else yeah. just knew that Star Wars was coming out. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, Lucasfilm didn't feel the need to make a big announcement of when tickets are going on sale and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, so that, you know, us, us diehard fans, I don't want to say real fans because people get 
bristly when when mm-hmm. you say that, but that's when I say diehard fans, that's what I mean. That's yeah. that's the coded language I'm using. But when <laughs> us when us diehard fans I I like like just just sort of like cater to us, you know. Like yeah. I wish that they would just kind of like, yeah. like it was just it was just us that were at the party. <laughs> um, That's I have a, kind of like a similar story, and uh, we'll just um, we got that we've got we got the Rogue One stuff, and then yeah. one more other thing. But uh, check out. Well, let's go to the news real quick. Sure. Here. Stand by. Force is strong. Now here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Right away, sir. Like you said, Mike, uh, Rogue One tickets broke the internet, and 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 again, I don't know what it is about uh, this thing. And this is the second year in a row. I mean, Force, Force Awakens did that; it broke the internet. You know, people couldn't get tickets. Yep. Um, and I th- it must have been like I don't I don't know if it was the time frame or whatever because I got up at on that on on the morning. Uh, the morning of the tickets going on sale and I yeah. purchased them around seven o'clock, six thirty in the morning and had no trouble at all. You t- right are you talking it. about, are you talking about Monday? Yeah. You So you got up at like six thirty on Monday morning yeah. and you got the tickets that you wanted. Yeah. So now, like, cause so I don't know if it's, if that's because of the time frame or the, 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 the area that I am is just not as crazy as say, LA or something yeah, like that. It might not Maybe. be as crazy where you are. The other part of it, did you go for IMAX tickets? I did both. I did um okay. the first round was just a regular seating um at the local theater. Yeah. And yeah. then I have an, other tickets for IMAX. So okay. again, you have to it, it depends on the IMAX too, but at yeah. least in my area, there's an IMAX um fifteen miles away that you, you don't get to pick your seat. And yeah. there's an IMAX the other opposite way, fifteen miles away, where you do get to pick your yeah. seat. So it kind of depends. Like I went on to the one where you pick your seat because I'd rather do that and just get there when the movie starts. And now yep. I have to actually possibly get there early. Yeah, you get to one. you can go and you can have dinner first, and then you yeah, can just sort of cruise in ten minutes line. before the movie. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, and then I'm gonna have to do that also on Thursday night. I got the first showing there, of course, seven o'clock, and I'm gonna have to do like I did last year. I'm gonna go there maybe an hour or two early, get a vibe, and see how the line is. And then go from there, you know, probably yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. dinner in line like I did last time. I don't care. It's no big deal. But um, so I'm going to have to do that. So but but I had no problem at all getting tickets. It just seemed like I don't know people that were doing it super early in the morning or like right at 1201. No. So, OK, so so you didn't you didn't uh, get the full the full rundown then. So the tickets went on sale at 1201 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Okay. So that means nine oh one West gross. Coast. So yeah. when you bought your tickets, it was like you're talking about like nine hours later. Yeah, it was way later. Yeah. Right. So uh, the 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 craziness had already like the like the wave had already crashed, mm-hmm. and you were just like you just surfed in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nine hours later, like, what was the yeah. big deal? Yeah, what's um, going on? Yeah. yeah, no, I heard similar stories that, that people, like, the, the initial rush was crazy. But then uh, after after the fact, it wasn't that big of a deal and people managed to get decent stuff. But um, I'll tell you, in Vancouver, we have two IMAX theaters. Um, and, and both of them were pretty crazy right at nine-ish. Um, cause they, they were supposed to go nine Oh one and, and the one that I'm going to, which is Riverport, what didn't go live till nine Oh nine. 
Mm-hmm. And then apparently uh, the Colossus, uh, that theater didn't go live until like almost 930 so, because uh, Cineplex, which is uh, uh, basically our only movie theater chain, there's there's Cineplex and Landmark. That's basically just the two. We don't have as many to choose from as you guys do. Um, they 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 basically like rolled it out, so not all the theaters went live at once. Mm-hmm. And and as far as I know, Cineplex didn't crash at all during the night. So, um, yeah, it wasn't quite as crazy up here as it was in other places, but. Um, and I'm sure that you could still get tickets for opening night, unlike uh, unlike The Force Awakens, where they were all gone within an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you wanted to see it opening night, you were watching it at at midnight, like the the one a.m. showing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, it's a little bit more relaxed. I think it's it, like that. Obviously, and this isn't a slight Rogue One in any way, because I think it's going to be a fantastic film. It's not going to be as big of a success as as the force awakens was um the force awakens was like phantom menace levels of excitement and uh it was you know we thought star wars was gone forever we thought we were just gonna get tv shows and uh, you know like maybe a live action show in the future and then when george died in another 20 years um maybe at that point his kids would let let people make more movies right but um but instead you know we're we're getting all these movies now and it's like I think that we're already at the point where people are like, yeah, it's star Wars. I'll see it when I see it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd like it to get a little bit more, uh, relaxed than that of like, yeah, I've seen star Wars movies before. I'll just catch this one when it's on Netflix. <laughs> right. Cause that's <laughs> yeah, what right. I hear with Marvel movies. People are like, cause, cause I saw Dr. Strange opening weekend and, uh, well opening night, like the same sort of Thursday screening as, uh, as this. Cause like I said, I'm hardcore for the Marvel movies. Um, and I saw Doctor Strange, and I Doctor Strange is probably my, if not my favorite, then like my second favorite Marvel movie out wow. of all of them, right? Like I love Doctor Strange, and then I've got friends who are like, yeah, I'll see it eventually, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what crack you're smoking, but <laughs> smoke it before you watch Doctor Strange because that movie is kind of crazy. I, but yeah, like I, I'm kind of waiting for Star Wars to get to that point, and I don't think it'll be long. I think I think definitely once the the we talked about it last week, like sort of their future plans. And I think once right. the once the uh, Kylo Ren race storyline is done um, with this trilogy. So episode nine, I think after that, it'll start to kind of cool a little bit. There will be a little bit of a chilling effect when it's when it's, it's not the saga story anymore. Hmm. Um Maybe, maybe. I, I, I think that'll happen. I, unless these Han Solo movies end up being a really, really big deal, I just can't see it happening. But um, apparently Lucasfilm, I was I, I saw a headline. I didn't read the article. But they basically said that the Obi-Wan Kenobi movies aren't happening as of right now, which mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, I would classify as a bummer. They, but it, they did make it sound like it was going to happen maybe after the yeah, yeah. saga, this this particular set of saga movies, 789. Um, so, and then I thought I saw something about him appearing in 789, like obviously in hologram form, but I don't know. That could be just uh, more rumors floating yeah. around, but. Um, well, we know like uh, Ewan's voice is in. Yeah, it's a Force Awakens. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, oh, God, I wish, I wish. I wish that in episode eight, I hope this happens, 
I've got my eyes closed and I'm wishing as hard as I can that mm-hmm. both Ewan and Hayden get to return in episode eight and or nine. Yeah. Um, as force ghosts. Oh yeah. And, sure. and, and do their thing. I like the, the rumor is that Hayden Christensen is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in episode eight. Um, I'd love to see that. Yeah. I think it would be fantastic. And oh, yeah. Like I said last week, I mean, just vindication for him. Right. Because I don't think that his performance in the prequels is his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I add to that, that, you know, like Matt Lanter, that version of Anakin runs circles around the version from the movies, but I don't hold Hayden Christensen responsible for that. Right. So, um, yeah, but I'm not about to say like I am with Darth Maul that Matt Lanter should come in and play Anakin Skywalker. I think that Hayden Christensen's a great actor and should absolutely get another chance at that. I can't say the same for Ray Park. He's really good at doing flips. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But, But I think that Sam Witwer is a better performer he's a better yeah. actor oh definitely he, um, he, he's strictly ray park was strictly because of physicality yeah. brought to yeah. it and if if you want to see ray park do some acting watch that first x-men movie from, from 1999 yeah. or and yeah. like uh, or 2000 i guess is the year after he was darth maul and uh and tell me that you're okay with that for an hour and a half yeah. or two hours because i'm not i i would much rather have sam whitwer performing that character yeah but, for sure it looks like we also found out um that Rogue One's going to be but, 133 yeah. minutes long, so it's right in line with every other Star Wars movie yep. with, within a few minutes. So that's uh, not too big of a works for me of a surprise there. Um, also, what's going on? Um, and I just found out about this today. Apparently, we're going to get even more Rogue One footage. Probably just a little tiny slice of what's going on on December second on Twitter. There's going to be a Q and A event. Uh, it's going to be live streamed. And it uh, looks like Twitter's joining forces with Disney for a special live stream event on December 2nd for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Jeez, man. Lo- December 2nd is Friday. It's this, oh, this Friday. So when you're hearing this, it's just a day, day or two away because we're yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, the live stream will be hosted by people and will feature a Q&A with director Gareth Edwards and cast, member, cast members for their first spinoff film. So we're going to get some... Uh, a little bit more footage again like i don't need any more more footage um it's probably not going to be anything obviously groundbreaking it seems like all these i mean we got a ton of treaders mike um yeah a ton of tv spots and they're all basically revolving around the same kind of shots and stuff like that there might they might throw in a something quick here and there but they're all pretty much the same so i kind of been staying away from those uh, i'm just ready to go to go watch this movie so you know i definitely gotta check this out though on december 7th yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of waiting for like like okay, Rogue One's here. Like 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 I'm good. Like we're as of this recording, we're 16 days away from getting to see it. So 17 mm-hmm. days away from the actual release date. But really 16 days from getting to sit in the theater and see it. And mm-hmm. you know, the people who are listening to this, right? Cuz we're all going to be there on the 15th. Um Rogue One is like it, it like Tickets are sold, guys. You don't have to do any more promotion for it. I don't <laughs> need to. Thing, yeah. I don't need to see anything else. What I really want is I, I want to see. I want the. the I want to see a clip or like so you know like our teaser for the Force Awakens, and I wanna and and I wanna get the title for Episode Eight, right? Like like come on, it's time. It's time. You can you can start doing that now. But I get the feeling now that we might actually have to wait for the new year. Yeah. Before we start to get any of that. And that's kinda that is also bumming me out. 
that's <laughs> yeah everything's kind of bumming me out these days um <laughs> it's okay we got rogue one coming it'll, yeah it'll, well, it'll lift your spirits here in a couple of weeks yeah yeah it's it's so close though it's ridiculous how close it is i yeah i'm yeah. still and this thing is shocked tracking, a little bit uh this thing is tracking uh as far as box office like they're tracking at like 130 for the opening weekend and yeah and i gotta say i i think that's a low number i think this thing's gonna do better than i think even bob Iyer came out and said you know what we don't expect this thing obviously to do what the force awakens did and he was kind of downplaying but i don't know man this thing it broke the internet as far as ticket sales i mean yeah i think it's gonna do i think it's gonna jump around 150 and for the for just a weekend and i i think i said this a while back um you know if they just do half of what the force awakens did you're still looking at a billion dollars worldwide so mm-hmm. um just doing just doing half of it and i think it could get there worldwide i'm talking about not domestic so um yeah and i think it's all going to depend too mike as far as i know there's going to be this uh on december 10th they're having uh the premiere um that i saw i saw that on twitter so a lot of people are going to be able to see this thing a lot of you know uh um uh people on the internet and uh, the reviewers and all that they're going to see yeah. it on the 10th so early reviews could play a role in how big this thing gets too so uh, kind of, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with with the early reviews. I don't want to know anything, obviously, but I just want to know what people think. Because man, this thing looks just everything about it. You know, the story and the way it looks and everything. I'm really excited. I think a lot of people are super excited. Not just Star Wars fan. I'm talking about. I'm just talking like even yeah. even people that I work with. They're like, hey, you know, like you said earlier, Mike. They're talking about, hey, you know, Rogue One's coming out. Oh, and you get tickets. Yeah, yeah it's I funny. Like there there are some people that are just finding out now that there's a Star Wars <laughs> movie coming out. Yeah. But yeah. uh, when's this yeah. one again? Oh, okay. yeah. I got to tell you again. Okay. It's before Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. And so, there are no Bothans in this movie for the love yeah. of God. There are no Bothans. Yeah. Okay. But Bothans aren't coming around until Return of the Jedi. So, or at least as far as the story is concerned. So, um, but other than that, anything else you want to talk about in the news? No, I think I'm good. All right. I guess time to hit the recap. Defeat an enemy, you must lose them. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Caravassal. Now it's time for the Rebels Recap. Rebel. Uh, yeah. All right, here we go with, with the Win Cathu job. Say that quickly. Anyway, uh, this episode opens up with Ezra Bridger, Bridger and his fellow Lothal rebels meeting aboard the Ghost with Hondo Anaka. The door opens and Hondo greets his old friends. Hondo tells them that he always delivers and promises to tell them about something he and his new partner have cooked up. The door opens and an impatient as Morgan asks Hondo if he has recruited the two-bit smugglers. Hera is unhappy to see as Morgan again and doesn't want to work with the crime lord. Hondo tells that... Uh, tells her that he is offering them a win-win situation and that they have something that will profit the rebellion. Hera tells Hondo that she doesn't care about what he has to offer and refuses to let Asmorgan aboard her ship. Hondo tries to calm things down and tells them not to be blind to his fabulous deal. Hera is not interested until Hondo tells her that the cargo ship is carrying proton bombs, something which Ezra told him that the Rebellion was interested in acquiring. So, Mike, we start off with 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 Kathy job and always good to see for me always good to see Hondo and I think that you know obviously we're going to talk about this one as another filler type episode but when you have someone like Hondo 
I, I just, for me, it bumped up this episode. I mean, I liked it better than Iron Squadron from last week, and it, solely because of the stuff we got from Hondo. And Hondo's mm-hmm. becoming a character that he's, he can carry a quote-unquote filler episode for me. So Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, I just love what he does. You know, the last time we saw him, Mike, I believe was in Steps into Shadow, where he uh, actually left the Ghost crew on the Reclam station, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, as Morgan, so again... As Morgan is back, um, and, and it has another one of these um, voice actors, James uh, James Hong, who's I don't necessarily consider him a voice actor. I mean, one of my favorite films that he did was Big Trouble in Little China, really a slimy yeah. type character, same type of character he's playing here in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so I kind of like what he does with the character. Like I said, a really slimy character. And just some of the comedy that came out of this first initial um Third, you know, actually the whole show, but right here, you know, here's here's Hondo. He says uh, he's talking to to everybody, and Kanan's there. You know, obviously he's blind. He says, "Don't be blind to this amazing opportunity." And he him go, "Oh, sorry about that." And yeah, he does yeah. it again. He goes, uh, "I hope you see things my way." And then he goes, "Oh, he goes, sorry, sorry." So I, sometimes you wonder if he's just, he's just doing that, like it, it, the character is doing it just to get a rise out of out of everybody, or if he's actually yeah. just missing his, uh, you know, just. He doesn't know that he's doing it. So Hondo, Hondo has such an unawed relationship with Jedi. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 always funny um, yeah. when he kind of because he knows. I think what it is is it's like you, you know when somebody goes to to uh, Buckingham Palace and you got the palace guards out front, mm-hmm. and people like uh, obnoxious people go up and start like doing things in front of them because oh, those, yeah, the guards yeah. are just supposed to like stand there stand guard and not move right right i think that what hondo is doing is the same sort of thing because he's like oh they're jedi nothing hurts them like not like you can't <laughs> yeah. nothing phases them and and for him you know that like the greatest the greatest thing for hondo onaka would be to get obi-wan kenobi to crack a smile Mm-hmm. Right, because because Obi Wan and Anakin are always in such disdain of him when he's around. Yeah. So the idea, you know, like that 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 sort of idea of like I'm going to make these jokes, I'm going to kind of push the line to see where, you know, what 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 is in good taste and what's in poor taste. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's great. I mean, like I said, throughout this whole. I mean, every episode, I mean, I just love yeah. the way they write this guy. And obviously, Jim Cummings is the voice. He's, he's really killing it. So, um, and, and and as far as the, this episode, Mike, it's, like I said, we're going to talk about filler, you know, in Mailbag. We're going to talk about it again. But this mission makes sense in a sense that they're actually, you know, as far as going, they need proton bombs. I mean, they don't have any. This is a... a a mission that makes sense as far as the overall good for the rebellion. So I understand what they're doing here. And then you throw in Hondo and it's all great. So yeah. Uh, go ahead, Michael. Continue. Cool. Uh, I, we're on the second paragraph, right? The, yep. the ghost detaches itself from Hondo's landing craft and flies toward the planet Winkatu. Hondo tells them that he had encountered an Imperial cargo ship berthing in the upper atmosphere of Winkatu while traveling by the planet. Sabine checks the ghost computers and finds that the cargo ship has gotten stuck in one of Winkathu's atmospheric storms. As Morrigan presents the ship's manifest to the Lothal rebels and confirms it is loaded with proton bombs, 
Sabine studies the chart and says they have no way of offloading the cargo from the ship. So uh, one thing I want to note is the ship that, that Hondo is in mm-hmm. is a redecorated and, and slightly modified uh, Imperial landing craft, right? Yeah. Um, Imperial. The, like a Tidarium? Yeah, but it's the it's not the Tidarium. It's the one that you see in the special edition. That um okay right that's like taking off with the when the dewbacks are in the in the foreground oh yeah um so it's like the smaller version of the Tidarium but it's more of like the the landing ship mm-hmm. um I rather than like the straight up transport that the that the Tidarium is um yeah. now did he I don't remember did he steal that when he was on the yes. Reclam station. Yeah, the last yeah, thing so we that, saw was okay. he saw he saw the the, the, the shuttle there and they get, yeah. and they kind of take off in it and then Ezra's like, hey, you know, where are you going? What the heck, you know? So that okay. was kind of last time we saw him. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that that's what I thought. I just wanted to yeah. confirm that. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, so it's basically this episode's a heist, right? Like it's it's yeah, it's actually. really straight up plot, which yeah. you know, like I mean, we've had some kind of obnoxious episodes in the last few weeks, but as you were saying. Um, the the fact that this is Hondo makes it okay. Yeah. Uh, we're willing to look at, you know, look the other way in this instance. But also, you know, like I I think that the plot of this episode is good. Um, like everything else this season, I would love it if it got two or three episodes though, so that we could have done a little bit more. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and again, they're looking for again pro, uh, proton bombs and. Uh, yep. As we'll find out, precious metal. So we'll get to that. Uh, at that point, AP5 enters the room. Hera asks if he knows the specs uh, for the transport. AP5 confirms that he does and recalls that he was serving on a Class 4 container transport when Chopper found him. When Ezra complains to Hera, she responds that she doesn't trust Hondo and that she uh, he shouldn't as well. After Ezra leaves, Kanan expresses agreement with Hera and says that Ezra needs to learn for himself that Hondo cannot be tried. Fire couldn't salvage the ship. What hope do we have? Uh-huh. Because we have something in our favor that the Empire does not. For we are desperate. Uh, for once he's right. The Empire would abandon this ship without a second thought. But we can't afford to pass up an opportunity like this. Well said. Then we have a deal? I think we have a deal. We... We have a deal. There'll be no way to dock with that ship in the storm. We'll need another way to offload the cargo. AP, you know the specs for this type of freighter? Of course. I was serving on a Class 4 container transport when Chopper found me. Just get to work with Zeb on a plan for this salvage operation. Whoa. Wait, you're putting Zeb in charge? Sorry, pal. I got this one. No, I found this job. This should be my mission. I thought you trusted me. Oh, I do. Just not when Hondo's around. Every time we work with him, we come out on top. And that's why we're doing this. With Zeb in charge. Huh. Yeah, to keep an eye on me. I know what you're doing, but Ezra's got to learn for himself Hondo's not the friend he appears to be. So, Mike, a couple of things here I wanted to point out. Um, you know, again, first of all, you can hear from Ezra, like, he's a little perturbed that you know, Zeb is going to be in charge of this thing. I, I, I guess he's thinking that he should be in charge of everything that happens now when they go off. And yeah, he's uh, got that youthful arrogance, right? Yeah, yeah, and and he's going to give Zeb a hard time throughout this episode about him and his the, the way he leads. Um, but also, you know, another thing too was um, 
that they, he, actually it's it's Honda that says, hey, you know what? Why would they leave a ship like this with with all this stuff on it just floating out there for anybody to steal? And it's funny, it's like the Empire just doesn't care about that. They got plenty of that. They don't need it. But yeah. on the other side, the Rebels, they're so desperate that they're willing to risk anything, you know, including death, you know, as we're going to find out later on, just to get a couple of proton bombs. That's all they really want out of this. Of course, you know, yeah. Tano's that wants the, the treasure. So that couple things there. And then, you know, again, they at the end it talks about um, how – Ezra has to learn about even you know Kanan says it right there in the clip you know Ezra has to learn for himself that what Hondo is all about and I don't know if we're gonna get anything like that in this in this series like I know that Ezra wants to be friends with Hondo and Hondo just keeps him just far enough but you know keeps him close but far enough away you know what I mean so I don't know what's gonna happen between those two but it seems like. Uh, Kanan wants uh, Hera to let him go and let Ezra find out for himself just what kind of, I guess, guy Hondo is. So I don't, you got any thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like, this is one of my favorite lines from Rebels in general because because uh, it comes from Hondo. But, but the moment when he's like, there's one difference, you know, because we are desperate. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, exactly. It's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's Hondo to a T, right? It reminds me of his lines in uh, in The Clone Wars. Um, like uh, I, in the in that Darth Maul arc where where somebody somebody calls calls him incorrigible and he's like incorrigible. We're pirates. <laughs> we don't even know the meaning of that word, right? Yeah. And it's like that's that's Hondo to a T. Is like he he's he's not educated. <laughs> he's not cultured. No, no, but he's a really great pirate. So he doesn't need to be right, and he's just kind of got that. He's got a little bit of that sort of um, uh, uh, Jack Sparrowness oh, to him. For sure, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always reminded of Jack Sparrow when I see him, and yeah, and hear, and hear him actually. Yeah, yeah. I just wish that he could get his coat back. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, sure I, I miss his coat. I like his yeah. newer. I like the. I like the the hat that he has in Rebels more than the one that he had in. Because yeah. in Clone Wars it was much more of a helmet, and this one is it's it's almost like a tri corner hat, right? Like a very Jack Sparrow piratey type hat. Yeah. But um, but but yeah, without the jacket, without oh, that collar, man. it's just not. It's just a pimp jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He needs he needs to get that. It needs to be like an episode. Like there <laughs> needs to be like a story behind that. But yeah. um, that is great. But yeah, yes. I'm always happy when Hondo's back. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Michael, continue. Yeah. The ghost flies into the stormy atmosphere when Kathu. Hera tells the salvage team to be ready to board the ship. She briefs them that the cargo is sitting above the storm's vortex, but that it is sinking fast and that the ship will be ripped apart. Zeb leads a team consisting of Hondo, Ezra, Chopper, and Ez Morrigan. When Ezra cheekily addresses Zeb as Captain Aurelios, uh, Zeb warns him that he should talk to Hera after the mission if he has a problem. The Rebels open the cargo ramp of the Ghost and jump onto the cargo ship's hull. He sends the astromech droid to the bridge to see what he can do. Hondo is attacked by a small creature who turns out to be the former Ugnaught laborer, Melch. Melch attacks Hondo and Ezra, uh, sorry, Hondo, and Ezra is forced to restrain him. When the Rebels recognize Melch, Hondo is reluctant to talk about his Ugnaught Ugnot crew, but Zeb insists. I like that Melch has the... Uh, the the Hondo Anaka pirate symbol on his, the Rancor on his helmet. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Which that, that that banner also shows up in The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, yeah. 
That's true. Huh? You know, That's right. you know that there's a connection between I, I, yeah. I, I, oh, I can't believe I, my brain's not working. Maz, Maz Kanata. Oh, I'm so glad I yeah. remember that before you could jump in there. I, yeah, Maz Kanata and Hondo. Um, you know that that they've met at some point. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And then we also find out that AP5, or with AP5's help, yeah. there's still only a 38.5% chance. <laughs> I love that. That this thing is going to be successful. Like, that's pretty pretty low odds. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's as bad as, as uh, you know, Han going through the asteroid field, but, uh, you know, this is pretty bad pretty bad he said it was going to be without his help like one percent so virtually impossible and, and and this is the point where ezra starts to kind of act like a jackass to to zeb you know what i mean like he's he calls him he, he says something like okay captain you know the way he says it, it's just yeah. really condescending you know like he's just messing with zeb and zeb actually takes it pretty well but yeah Throughout this episode, Ezra shows that uh, he's having trouble. I don't know if it's trouble, but he just—he just, I don't know. I think he's just a little mad that he's not in charge of this thing, and and he's gonna make sure that he points out all the flaws when Zeb, you know, has problems, even though they're not necessarily his fault. But he's he's sure quick to uh, to point out those flaws. So, uh, with little choice, Hondo tells the Lothal rebels that as Morgan came uh, came to him with the flight plans of an Imperial cargo ship. Zeb and the other rebels learn that Hondo and Morgan attacked the cargo ship with ion mines, but that it drifted into the maelstrom. Hondo then claims that his Ugnat crew bravely boarded the ship. Melch angrily responds in, in Ugnat that he abandoned them and left them to die. Uh, um, Zeb then realizes that Hondo only contacted them after he lost his entire crew, meaning that he lied. Ezra tries to defend his business partner by pointing out that Hondo only admitted certain facts. Zeb is visibly angry with Hondo and vows to pull out the pirate's arms as he leads them into the cargo hold. No escort, so it sounded like an easy score. You attacked an Imperial ship. We do it all the time. Exa really? Uh, anyway, you should be giving us a medal. Oh, if you'd only seen it, it was glorious. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just skip to the part where it all went wrong. We disabled the ship with iron mines, but it drifted into this maelstrom. But of course, my brave little Ugnots, look at him. He insisted on trying to board it anyway. But tragically, <laughs> left you to die. I would never abandon any of my crew. You are like family. Short, fragrant family. All right. Instead of the 1%, you were promised, I will give you two. You're welcome. So you brought us in only after you'd lost your entire crew trying it yourself. You lied to us. What a surprise. Well, he didn't exactly lie. He just didn't tell us the whole truth. Well said, and some of the truth is better than none of the truth, which is what you used to get, so don't try and tell me that I have not grown. Oh, I don't have any time for this. Cargo hold, now. I can pull your limbs off later. He's always kidding. <laughs> He's kidding, right? Oh, man, I just love that particular uh, section of the, of the show. Man, that's so funny. Hey, what what's a better line than short, fragrant family, huh? I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, Isn't that great? Sure. <laughs> Hondo so, to a T, right? Yeah, it's oh man, I just I just love that. Like I said, this, this it totally made it for me. Just 
watching and listening to Hondo because uh, that was definitely something for the older fans and for us to enjoy uh, his his comedy stylings throughout this episode. But yeah, you know, Hondo explains that he attacked the Imperial ship for uh, for an easy score, obviously. Uh, he's been out there doing that with the Zugnaut crew, and he's they used the ion mines to uh, disable the ship, which was obviously a great idea. Those things do some really good damage, but they kind of miscalculated on what exactly was going to happen because it drifted into that into that maelstrom they're in now. So, uh, but again, it was all about Hondo and explaining to Zugnaut, you know, how, how what kind of family he is. And another, here's another line. This is kind of like the line of the episode for me too, Mike, is he says, uh, "Some of the truth is better than none of the truth." So Hondo again with the with the line of the uh, line of the episode, Mike. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I it, it, another great exchange, great dialogue, great performance. Yeah, by uh, by Jim Cummings as always, right? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Mike. Cool. Uh, meanwhile, Hera, Kanan, and AP5 are aboard the Ghost Bridge when Sabine reports that the winds are getting stronger. Hera then asks Zeb for a status report, and he tells them that they are outside the hangar door now. Zeb finds that the hangar door is not budging and tells Ezra to restore the power. However, Ezra ignites his green lightsaber and slices through the door. Zeb orders him to stop, but Ezra cuts a hole through the door. He insists that nothing can go wrong, and the rebels begin loading the bombs while Hondo and his Morgan squabble over the treasure. In the background, an Imperial sentry droid begins to reactivate. Zeb fires the connecting cables, which attach to the ghost. Zeb and Ezra load the first batch of proton bombs, when, uh, which Sabine stores aboard the ghost. After a while, Zeb starts to get worried about Asmorgan. Ezra insists on finding him, but Zeb orders him to man the winch and to continue loading the cargo. He reminds Ezra that the bombs go first, prompting Ezra to tell Zeb to hurry up. Zeb travels down the hallway searching for Asmorgan, only to be stunned by an Imperial sentry droid. So this is the introduction of these sentry droids, which are very much inspired by the game yeah, Dark Forces. Yeah. They're they're basically dark troopers. Um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and but you know with a, I think with a few improve, improvements, the dark troopers were kind of cool, but this this these ones have like that cool blaster arm and. And mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just a little bit more realized, I think. And they, yeah. and they're definitely very, um, very Clone Wars influenced. Um, oh, very, sure. very battle droid influenced. And I think, in fact, uh, parts of the body of the of the the um, the Imperial Sentry droid are actually sourced from the uh, the super tactical droid. So mm-hmm. that's right. that's why it's going to share some of the similarities. It um, seemed like they were not as as durable though as a normal like a uh you know not necessarily a battle droid but yeah say i don't know an assassin droid or something like that it seemed like one shot from from as morgan and it took yeah. it out is that or did i miss well something? i think he hit, he hit it a couple of times didn't he yeah that's true you're right yeah he actually was firing a lot but um yeah well and another t- thing too i think this is the point where there was that gag where he carves the uh, hole in the door and then yeah. it opens up right when uh, he finishes carving the door. So, and then I guess it, we get back to that later on. It, it was something that they had mentioned in the uh, Rebels Recon um, about just the the gag about the door. So that was kind of funny yeah. to see him yeah. carve the door and it just opens right up there. Uh, back on the ghost, Sabine has received the fourth batch of proton bombs and tells Ezra to keep sending more. Meanwhile, Chopper is manning the bridge when the ship's control is short, short circuit due to a lightning strike causing the cargo ship to list toward the vortex. 
Chopper contacts Ezra, who tells him to get the to get to the cargo hold. Ezra informs Hera, who tells them to evacuate. Ezra explains that they have a little problem because as Morgan has disappeared and Zeb has gone to find him. In the background, Hondo and Melch are trying to carry a cargo box. So this is the point where um, as Morgan tries to go off, and here's the thing about these two, as Morgan and and, and uh, Hondo, it's mm-hmm. all about the treasure, obviously. They're, they're arguing yeah. over who gets the what. And so as Morgan thinks he's going to go find something better, gets uh, taken by the sentry droids, and then um, Zeb does the same, same thing, and he gets actually knocked out uh, by a sentry droid. And uh, so they're both... I guess in the brig at this point, Mike. And yeah. Go ahead. And then we'll continue here. Yeah. Uh, Ezra realizes that Hondo cares more about the treasure and voices his disagreement before entering the corridor to find Zeb and Esmorgan. Zeb wakes to find himself in a cell opposite Esmorgan, who tells him they are in the brig. Zeb uses his comlink to tell Ezra that he and Esmorgan are in the brig and that he was knocked out by a droid. AP5 suspects that the droids were reactivated when the power was restored to the ship. He advises them not to engage the droids because the consequences will be problematic. Hera orders her crew and the gangsters to return to the ghost because the ship can't take any more pummeling from the winds. Ezra promises to rescue Zeb and his Morrigan. He encounters Chopper and tells the droid they have to get to the brig. Chopper leads the way and the two find Zeb and his Morrigan inside. Uh, While making their way back to the cargo bay... They sense an approaching sentry droid. Zeb tells them to hide in the corridors, but a panicking Asmorgan uh, charges at the droid and shoots it down with his blaster. AP-5 then warns them that Asmorgan's actions have reactivated the other hibernating sentry droids. Zeb orders Ezra to shut the door, but he can't find the controls. Hondo and Asmorgan load their treasures onto the cables and race to the ghost. Chopper activates his rocket boosters and flies back to the ghost, despite Ezra and Zeb's protests. Ezra then leaps onto the cargo using the force, and the two race across. However, the sentry droids shoot the cable gun, causing Zeb and Ezra to fall onto the skies of the Winkathu. The two rebels manage to cling onto the cable and climb back aboard the ghost with the help of Kanan. Behind them, the cargo ship is torn apart by a vortex, and the sentry droids are destroyed in a fiery blast. So, this is, uh, like I said, the, you know, as Morgan, he does that, uh, like I said, he shoots, like he's really goofy with the gun, right? He, he's so panicked that he sees uh, Zeb, uh, not Zeb, uh, Ezra's gun there. He grabs it and he just starts going yeah. crazy. <laughs> just, yeah, he just, just goes fire. nuts. He's kind of like yelling and screaming, <laughs> starts shooting. Uh, it's kind of, it was kind of funny. Uh, blasts him and then obviously that reactivates everything. It kind of makes sense, you know, once... One goes, one sentry goes down. It reactivates everybody because there's obviously some problem inside the ship. So um, that made total sense. And um, I just that was it was kind of a cool little way to end the. We didn't necessarily end it, but the, end that little conflict there. We got some yeah. uh, you know force action from Ezra using his lightsaber to protect uh, Zeb as he's getting pulled up. So uh, you want to finish up, Mike, and we'll. we'll yeah, uh, sure. This is are we on the last one here? I. Yep. Yeah, uh, later aboard the cargo ghost cargo hold, Hondo and Esmorgan proceed to argue about their treasures. When they open their chests, they are shocked to find a living Melch inside. Hondo saves face by claiming that friendship is the greatest treasure and hugs Melch. Ezra asks him whether he really means it while Melch punches Hondo in the chest. Hera tells Hondo and his associates to continue their conversation on their own ship. Pretty nice haul. Good job, you two. Way to go, Zeb. 
Oh, no, you don't, Onaka. Half of what's in there is mine. Oh, but you forfeited this crate when you went off to look for your own loot. What is in here is... is all... What is that? It's all my... <laughs> Melch. <laughs> Guess he didn't trust Hondo not to leave him behind again. Sorry it didn't work out, Hondo. Work out? Oh, no, this is better. Uh, yes, because uh, friendship is the greatest treasure. Do you really mean that? Mostly. <laughs> He's always laughing. Always having a good time, this Melcher. I look forward to you gentlemen continuing this conversation on your own ship. We had a deal. Oh, Naka, I get 50% of him. What? You're gonna feel bad for Melch. Nah, he'll be fine. So, again, Melch obviously knows his boss very well. And it was actually a surprise to me. That's the perfect thing for him to do. He knows Hondo is all about the treasure. The quickest way for him to get safe is, hey, I hide in the treasure chest. I know, you know he's going to get that thing aboard the ghost trip, and he'll be a ghost ship, and he'll be fine. So, again, another great uh, exchange with Hondo and the rest of the crew there, and just the way it is. And, again, Ezra, he's really is kind of concerned, not concerned, but he's really questioning, um, you know, is Hondo really think friends? Because Ezra really wants to be friends with Hondo for whatever yeah. reason, you know? And uh, I don't know if he's ever going to turn around, but... Uh, well, you know, we'll it's see. it's that connection to his past, right? There's there's a part of Ezra that's still... Uh, mm. He's still the, the Lothal street rat, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, they, I think his connection to Hondo is a connection to that part of mm. his, his character. Um, that, you know, he can't, he can't quite get rid of it. Um, yeah. yeah, he can't, he doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to, he doesn't want to turn his back on, on that part of, of who he is because it is, you know, that's the part of Ezra that makes him, uh, useful and that makes him, that makes him a good part of the team is that he thinks out of the box because he's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't think like a Jedi. He doesn't think like a, a soldier. He thinks a little bit more clever, right? So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Again, uh, you know, we'll talk about it more, I guess, in Mailbag, but a lot of people are thinking the same thing. You know, another decent episode. Um, yeah. Again, I liked it a lot more than, uh, not a lot more, but I liked it more than I did last week's episode. Better than the last was, couple, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's all because of, you know, bringing in Hondo for some of these filler-type episodes is a great idea, and he's he's so great. And like I said, the way they write him, the way that voice acting's done – uh, yeah. I always have a great time watching Hondo, and I always get some laughs out of uh, episodes he's in. So, just for that, I got to give it, uh, you know, some some thumbs up and uh, a good a good score. You know, not again. We're not talking, you know, seven, eight, or nine, tens like I've given some of the episodes with, with Vader and 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 yeah. the like in it. But um, this was okay for me. It was pretty. It was pretty good for me. So, um, I guess with that, Mike, you want to talk about some mail? Yeah, let's jump into the mailbag. What message? The Rebels Podcast. No lots of conjure club. Mailbag. So, Christopher Baca starts us off, Mike. I'll take the first one. Uh, He says, uh, this episode was meh. Star Wars isn't the isn't the best franchise. Whoa, we have to we'll have words with that one, Chris. Hold on here. Uh, the Star Trek books are a lot better than the new Star Wars books. The Star Wars comics, for the most part, suck right now. As far as the Ahsoka book, I liked it. I hope it's uh, the first of a trilogy of books about her role as a fulcrum. 
The Catalyst audiobook I enjoyed also. Uh, I liked the world building it did. I enjoyed the politics in it as well. The Kyber crystals sound a lot like dilithium crystals in Star Trek. Right now, I could care less for the Han Solo movie. I could see myself getting bored with the Star Wars, uh, with Star Wars like I did Trek by the time Voyager and Enterprise came out. It's, uh, it's only since the J.J. films that my Trek fandom was re-energized. So, man, Chris, he's taking some shots at Star Wars, yeah. right? Whoa. Well, you know, I mean, like, I wasn't exactly uh, uh, guarded in my comments last week when I was talking about the expanded universe and the novels and, True, yeah, and yeah. all that sort of thing. So I think that's what, what Chris is uh, springboarding off here. Um, but it sounds like he enjoys this stuff a little bit more than I do at the moment, so... Um, yeah, he he liked the Catalyst book. Again, I'm I'm up to I think ten or eleven chapters, and again, I, I it's it's okay. I mean, it's not blowing me away or anything yeah. like that. Um, uh, the Soka book, I know you were kind of into that roughly. Uh, did you finish that one? I still haven't finished it. I haven't even gotten back to it because it's just kind of it's not that it's bad. It's just not that interesting for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, so I haven't I haven't necessarily l- l- checked that one out yet. Um, as far as the Star Wars isn't the best franchise. Oh man, it's the best franchise. Yeah, um, those those I, are fighting words. Like I, I'm, I'm a Trek fan as well. Like I yeah, love no, Star Trek. Trek's fine. Trek's and fine. and like Star Trek Beyond that came out this summer was an awesome movie. I thought it was so much fun. I was, I, I enjoyed the the crap out of that movie, and I hope they make more like that. But um, but it doesn't hold a candle to Star Wars. No, Not I mean, even a little bit. I don't think that Star Trek Beyond is going to be anywhere near Rogue One. Yeah. Like, like they're not even in the same league. Star Trek Beyond was like a was like a fun, um, Fast and Furious in space. Yeah. But I uh, yeah. But Rogue One's gonna be something completely else, you know. Yeah. No. I I like I said, Star Trek. I watched the movies, but it has nothing on on Star Wars, in my opinion. Uh, of course, yeah. it's a Star Wars podcast. But but no, I do like some of the Trek stuff. Of course, it's you know JJ brought it back, and it was you know I think some of the reason that made star trek so uh back into the limelight was that jj made it like a star wars film you know he kind of turned the tapes on it you know and and he's a yeah. huge star wars fan and that was a big um point of how he made the new trek so um how it's all the movie of course we got to wait and see but i love uh, what they're doing so far i mean the casting has been fine you know alden ehrenreich is the new han solo he screen tested with uh chewbacca on the on the millennium falcon so i mean whatever uh uh, Phil Lord and um, God, what's, what's Chris it Miller? Name? Miller, yeah. The, obviously, these guys see something in and Alden Aaron, right? Because they tested like a thousand people, and he was one of the first ones they tested, and they couldn't find anybody as, as good as him. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm down for that. I, I'm looking kind of looking forward to that, and and we'll get some more as we get more information and and see the first footage from that. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on the Han Solo movie, saying uh, I couldn't care less. I can I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, and then uh, what else did you say? I, I guess that was about it too. And then in, in the comics, he mentioned comics. Um, I, I'm only reading kind of the one. I, I kind of like Vader, um, and I'm and Star Wars is kind of hit and miss for me. So, but hey, Chris, everybody is entitled to their opinion, and I know these fat past few episodes maybe are kind of frustrating you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get it. Um, but uh, but don't worry, it's. These next two episodes, I think we're going to get some good stuff, and I think the season's going to really 
kind of ramp up in the second half as well. So, Mike, you want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, and this one's from Bob Willicky, uh, who's been writing in a lot, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Bob says, Sigh, I don't know if this post will be seen in time to be responded to on the podcast. It, it was, don't worry. Uh, but I need to speak my mind here. About the last episode, the Winkathu job, uh, granted, Honda was great in his irrepressible role, providing much-needed comic relief to characters that at times take themselves way too seriously. It's the role of As Morgan that, and I never thought I'd say this, make me almost painfully long for the days of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> These kinds of episodes were what I was afraid of seeing when Disney bought Star Wars. I've said before, it's not an easy balance to strike all the time to write a show that can be enjoyed by kids and adults alike. But if you stick to the formula, it can work. It just seems that things are moving into a, mo a mostly kid-friendly show, and I wonder if Dave Filoni taking more of a backseat in the production of Rebels uh, is is part of that. Tell me I'm wrong, guys, please. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think that Dave Filoni's job has changed at all. I think his title changed. I don't think that what his contribution to the series has changed at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I don't I don't think that that's a factor here. Um, <clears throat> I think we're in a in a in a situation where they have rebels planned out, um, but they don't want to pull the trigger yet. Whenever you start seeing filler episodes, it's because uh, you know a series has a plan, but um, the timing's not the best, yeah. right? So I think that's what's happening here is that is that there's absolutely uh, an end game in plan for star wars rebels but um but they just they're not the the timeline's not working out for them they don't want to finish it up in three seasons they want to do four or five right. so i think that this season is going to be mostly filler as a result so they, they they just don't want to mm -hmm. get to the good stuff yet so they're telling all these other sort of world building and character uh based stories um to try and like fill us in on some background and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I don't know. I don't think that this episode was too kitty. I don't think that it sort of went down that, 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 uh, path. And I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider as Morgan to be more annoying than Jar Jar Binks, but you know, that's again, it, this is a matter of opinion, right? So yeah. if you yeah. don't like that character, you don't like that character. I'm fine with as Morgan. I mean, he serves the purpose that he serves. I, James Hong is, is awesome. And so I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him coming back. Just like I'm fine with Hondo coming back. I think that they give good performances. Yeah. I'm not a big <clears throat> as Morgan fan either, Bob. So I kind of get you there. Um, he kind of is that goofy, uh, and I'd rather just have Hondo myself. I didn't need yeah. it as Morgan in this particular episode. But again, like I said, James is is really good. Like I said, my favorite that is is obviously um, Big Trouble in China. He was great in that. But like I said, he brings that slime. I mean, if you needed some, when you looked at this character and you see how he acts, I mean, James is perfect for as far as a voice role because he's kind of a slimy, fat, you know, goofy person. Um, again, I. I'd rather just have Hondo, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about um, the enjoyed by kids. Like I said last week, I think this is not necessarily a kid show, although it um, it's kid friendly. I, I still don't think it's necessarily a kid show. I mean, I, I think it's. I mean, this episode uh, stuff with with Hondo. I think some of the jokes and stuff like that would go way way past any um, any of the kids that are watching this. So. Yeah. 
Uh, and then he also talks about Dave Filoni. Like we, we heard a few weeks or months ago, maybe it was a month ago, that Justin Ridge took over. Um, most of us think that Dave Filoni is currently working on the next project, yeah. whether it be animated or whatever, he's working on the next thing. But, you know, these stories are done well in advance, so he was obviously involved in this, and I don't think he's... I obviously, he still is involved. He's just letting somebody else do the day-to-day operations of, of this thing. So, um, Bob, yeah, I, I totally get you as far as... Uh, again, just kind of like what Chris was saying, I think people are, are starting to get a little... Um, I don't know if it's frustrated or, or they just know how great this 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 series can be, and we're just so ready to find out more about Darth Maul and um, Kanan and Ezra and and possibly Obi Wan. I think we're so yeah. they they suck us in with that right, and we just want it now. Like oh, we got to get to it, you know. And and who knows about Ahsoka? I mean, where is she at? Are we going to see her again? So so many storylines out there that that those of us that are fans of the show we just we're dying to get to but you know when you got like i said before when you got 22 episodes you know you're not gonna throw everything into your into the basket right away you gotta you gotta stretch this thing out so just uh give it time guys it'll get there we'll get there and we'll be talking about some great great stuff here in the next possibly the next couple weeks here i'm looking forward to what's coming the next two weeks so uh, anything else, Mike? Before we get to next time. All right. Well, the one last thing that I'll say before we before we kind of get to the next time and start to wrap up the episode is I, I now you know you've missed all the sales. You missed Black Friday. You've, you missed Cyber Monday and all the sales that were kind of in between over the weekend um, over on our our Redbubble store. But I uh, but on Friday I, I I think a couple weeks ago I talked about or maybe it was even last week I talked about doing that Canaan T-shirt. That um that that I really wanted a Canaan shirt. I think it was last week. I, I and yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the things that motivated me is I wanted a T-shirt with the Canaan logo on it, right? The one that's on his his shoulder uh, uh, armor from season one and two. And I uh, I I finally pulled the trigger on that design and got it done. So uh, that's up on the store store.thunderquack.com. I ordered my shirt. I also ordered a new phone case for my iPhone with the logo on it, as well as some stickers and stuff. So, um, you know, I'm sure that Redbubble is going to do more stores. Sign up for Redbubble. Get the newsletters because they do deals regularly. Like, they kind of do them all the time. I don't know that they'll be as quite as good as the deal that they did for Cyber Monday, which was 35% off T-shirts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um which is why I got the shirt that I got. Um, but yeah, it, like they, they do deals all the time. So sign up, go to store.thunderquack.com, create an account and, uh, and, and just wait for the deals. Um, I know like the, the, the shirts are not exactly cheap, especially if you're not in, in, uh, the U S um, mm-hmm. especially cause you know, then you got to sort of factor in shipping and all that sort of thing. But, like they they do deal so often that that you can get the shirt for a really reasonable price, and it's not just shirts. You can get iPhone cases, you can get laptop uh, skins, you can get, um, in some instances, you can get like dresses and scarves. And so with this one, uh, with the the Canaan one for our our uh, uh, female listeners, uh, or anybody who feels like wearing a dress, I suppose, um, mm. there's a there's an A line dress that has the Canaan logo right front and center. 
Um, so it's like a green dress, like the same color as his armor, but then it's got this, this logo. Um, and, uh, and I think it actually looks really cool. And we've got other stuff too for the other shows. And there's the, um, the design that we did for Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim uh, oh, in yeah, 2015 yeah. that, uh, that Matt and I, we have those on a shirt, you know, sort of everybody from our crew does it as well as, uh, we kind of gave them, gave, gave a few of them away during star Wars celebration that yeah. design's also up there. And like, we just have it in white, but you can get it in other colors. So like mm-hmm. Matt Campbell, I, I star Wars, sorry, rebels podcast, super fan, Matt Campbell. I, I, he actually already has the rebels podcast shirt, but he got another one in a different color. So, Cause he wanted, oh, nice. wanted to, to pick up some stuff. Um, during the sale on cyber Monday. So he got that and he got the new Canaan shirt and, uh, and you got, and like people have been supporting us over there and that's awesome. It's so great because it helps us, um, sort of put money together to, uh, to pick up, you know, new equipment and do cool stuff. So, um, so when you, when you buy from the store, you're, and you're directly supporting that podcast, whichever one you're buying, their merch for when you do the the patreon stuff it all kind of goes into a pot and pays for the upkeep of of thunderquack so like hosting and web domains and and um all that sort of stuff but uh but with the with the merch because it's because you know i can see like okay uh rebels podcast sold this and quiver sold this and double x files sold this we can say okay this is like you have this much money in your account you can buy a new microphone or whatever so like we're not quite we're not quite to the stage where where we can start spending money but uh but we are definitely getting there you guys are definitely uh helping to support the podcast and we really appreciate that so um i'm sure there's going to be more sales over the holidays uh the other thing is that they ship super quick so i i i bought the shirt as of this recording yesterday which would have been monday during the Cyber Monday deal, the the T-shirt and the cell phone case have already shipped. Um, the stickers haven't shipped for some reason. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, but yeah, like the T-shirt and the and the cell phone case have already shipped. So that's really fast for um, for the the print on demand stuff. I, I've done a few other print on demand sites, and um, and they're not quite that quick, but but uh, but. Redbubble is actually really fast. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm really excited to get my shirt, and I'll uh, and I'll let you guys know, uh, what the what the quality is like when that shows up. But, um, other people have been getting stuff for Quiver for a little while, and from what I can tell, actually, uh, one of the first shirts that we sold was actually, um, a Rebels podcast one. I and uh, oh, I wish I remembered the the name of the the person who bought that one, but. Um, they, they actually said they really, really liked it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, if you're going to get the Canaan shirt, I recommend getting the tri-blend cotton, um, and getting it in green. Cause that's like, it's pretty close to the right green for, for Canaan. But, um, but one of the cool things about Redbubble is that you can kind of pick t-shirt or hoodie or, uh, all sorts of different things. And then you can pick colors from their available colors and, and I don't have any restrictions on the Canaan one, so you can kind of get whatever you want. Yeah, awesome. That's good. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, we I saw a um, 
somebody had, had, I guess, tweeted a picture. He was wearing one of the shirts. Yeah. I don't know if you got to see them. I guess yeah. kind of cool too. Like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good news about this store. Uh, next time on Star yes. Wars Rebels, it is entitled "An Inside Man." And actually, let's uh, let's take a quick preview of what's coming up uh, next week. Check this out. Worker 5473, you were pressed into the Empire service. Yes, sir. After losing my farm. Do you stand by your work? I do. This 624AVA is the last bike you personally inspected and assembled. Please, demonstrate for me how quickly it can achieve full speed. We don't have all day. Back in line. Something's wrong. It's overheating. Gonna have to shut it down. No, the demonstration is not yet over. I can't stop it! Ah, uh, yes, Mike. Thrawn is back. Looking for information on a new Imperial weapon. Ezra and Kanan break into an Imperial factory on Lothal. However, they have to trust an enemy to escape from a building that is about to be locked down. So, you heard a nice little... Some uh, some kind of psych warfare there with uh, with with uh, Thrawn. So man, I'm kind of looking forward to this. And I know in another clip, Mike, I can't remember the dude's name, but it was in season two of Rebels. He was the the bearded guy with kind of the older guy. I can't remember his name. It looks like he's in this episode. Oh uh, yeah, um, uh, he's he was played... like a friend of the family. Yeah, he's played by Clancy Brown. Yeah, um, I, I don't he's know. The, he's like the former governor or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember the character's name either. It's something kind of weird and hard to remember. And I don't, uh, I don't know if he's the quote inside man. I thought, I, I don't, I hope not. I hope it's somebody that that we we don't know about, or maybe like an imperial or something that's kind of working on the side. But uh, yeah. again, we'll see what's going on. So yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, Thrawn, and it looks like he's ramping up his, um, uh, I guess. Uh, evilness in this next episode. Yeah, we're going to see him do a little bit more, I think. Uh, yeah. Sort of yeah, take sure. a little bit more action. So that's uh, that's coming up next week, but that will do it for this week. Uh, yeah, that's definitely it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, you can keep up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. Um, We are also a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And uh, if you want to support us, you can do that, like I said earlier, by heading to store.thunderquack.com and buying some merch. Lots of really cool stuff over there. So uh, go check it out, pick something up, and uh, and uh, you know help help spread a little bit of the a bit of the word. Let your friends know, uh, and let them know by 
wearing an awesome t-shirt or buying some stickers. The stickers are actually really cheap. And if you buy six of them, you get, you get like a deal. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, Mm -hmm. like go on and like buy a bunch of stickers. Um, and, and, you know, like decorate like your laptop or, or yeah. you know whatever your, your binder uh, yeah your binder I guess. <laughs> if you're if you still backpack. if you still backpack. roll with a binder or backpack um yeah. i of course you can also support all of the podcasts at thunderquack by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and and supporting us uh supporting us at the one dollar level gets you access to the exclusive thunderquack podcast and uh, there are lots of other great rewards as well. Um, a little, a little tease, like we did last week. Um, so obviously, Rogue One comes out in about two weeks, uh, and the Friday following, so on the sixteenth, the actual day that Rogue One comes out, the uh, the official release date, um, you will be able to uh, watch live as. Uh, currently I think we've got Tim and Kyle and I think maybe Jason all confirmed for that. Um, and they're going to discuss Rogue One. We might have one or two other, uh, guests on that episode as well on that, I shouldn't say episode on that live stream, uh, at youtube.com slash thunderquack podcast network. It's a bit of a mouthful, but that's the URL that Google gave me. Um, but if you want to hear what Matt and I think of Rogue One, uh, Matt and I will be doing a full, like a one-on-one, just me and him, spoiler cast on the December episode of the Thunderquack podcast. Yes. And the only way to get that is by supporting us at patreon.com slash thunderquack. So a dollar will get you that. And if you just sign up and you give your dollar in December, you'll have access to that. And if you feel like it in, in January, if you did, like, you know, if, if you feel like it wasn't worth the dollar... You can go ahead and you can just cancel your your Patreon uh, in in January. Like no hard feelings, not a big deal. Just I I it's all good if you just want to pick up that one episode. But but in order to get it, you're gonna have to go to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack. We will not talk about Rogue One in depth on this podcast. We won't do it on any other podcast. It's it's gonna be an exclusive conversation between Matt and I about rogue one we're going to break it down and get into the nitty-gritty about what we thought about it uh over there so uh yes that is absolutely 100 percent predatory and i'm manipulating you guys into supporting (laughs) us over on patreon.com slash thunderquack but but it's worth it uh because you'll get that you'll also get all of our previous episodes and if you keep subscribing um you get an episode every month and i think that they're worth the dollar so um, you also get into the Facebook group where we have lots of great conversations and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's well worth it. I think that, that everybody should go check it out and, uh, and support us if you have the means. Um, but uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. And we will be back next week for an Inside Man. See you guys next week. Bye.